we speak with the words and wisdoms of criticism that make people get mad at us. We're snobs. Yeah, that's how we're going to start this. Totally. That is how we're going to start it, people. Tonight. It's just right. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All righty. It's Tuesday night. It's Scuba and the Rye. We're hanging out, having fun. Uh, what up, people? Things are a little loud and intense. Let's uh, take it down a couple of notches. Boisterous, I am. Boisterous. I got a lot. Of, I got, I got, a, I drank one bottle of caffeinated drinks and then I have another one opened up. So, yeah, a little bit. It'll get me through tonight. Yep, yep. How we doing in the chats? Uh, people's coming in, hopefully. People's coming in, hanging out, doing what we do. Uh, how's More our people. audio? How's our audio and whatnot? We got a new mic for Rye. Hopefully he doesn't sound like he's like 10,000. mic? He's in my face. He's in my face, face, right here. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So things look good. Things look great. All righty. We're just going to kick this off. Oh, sounds bueno. Awesome. Thank Thumbs you. Thumbs up. Thank you. All righty. So as always, uh, start off with, you know, paying the bills. Hey, Professor Chili, how you doing, my friend? All right. First thing and foremost, and of course, is a thank you to Sirenscape uh, for the wonderful soundboards and music that we will be hearing. Again, this is the custom set for Scuba and the Rye, taking a compilation of a couple of different tavern musics, because, you know, we like to sit and chill on Tuesdays, kind of adventuring over the weekend. We need we need some downtime. This is a good way to downtime, talk about a lot of other fun, exciting things. Yeah. As the rest of the week is busy for me, at least for me. That's always busy. Today, I mean, the last few days, even that we had some reason somebody decided to schedule a holiday last weekend, and you know, it just threw everything all kinds of crazies. I like that three day weekend. It gives me one more day to sleep. I'm not disagreeing. But uh, yeah, check out sirenscape.com to uh, check, take a look at all the various sound sets and whatnot. There's several. And uh, yeah, epic games need epic sound. It's enough said on that one. Alrighty, uh, next thing is, uh, first and foremost, thank you to the moderation team and the admin team. You guys are awesome and amazing, and without you, I would probably have gone completely crazy and wanted to blow up Earth Prime by now. Uh, reference to Crisis Infinite Earths and Storyline. So, yeah, thank you to all of you. And with that, thank you also to the community. You guys' support is much appreciated and always, and always loved. Uh, for all those bits, subs, follows, everything, checking it out, checking us out on YouTube, uh, Scoop Studio YouTube, check all of our content there. You guys are awesome and amazing, and like, much love and much respect. Thank you. Uh, and we do do just this show. We do have a couple other ones. So if you're the first, if you're first, if you happen to stumble across the internet and find us, awesome. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, if you, but if you want to see some adventuring, uh, Saturdays I got a couple of D and D games going on. Uh, first one, up. Oh, gotta take that fur baby. Understand. Um, thank you for the sub, for the two-month sub, Justify. Thank you, sir. Um, D&D games. That's right. I was talking about D&D games. D&D. Uh, I stream two D&D games a week start now. I do one at 10 a.m. on Saturdays. It's, uh, we're calling it the Twilight, Twilight Gap. Is it? Twilight. Twilight's Gleaming. Twilight's Gleaming. Why am I having such an issue with this? I say your memory is the first thing to go. If 
But yeah, Twilight's gleaming Saturday mornings, <laughs> 10 a.m. We're going to have a new cast member joining us on Saturday. Uh, really stoked to introduce her and see what kind of shenanigans she brings to the table. Uh, and we uh, introduced a new cast member last week, and uh, he is definitely making an impression. Uh, also, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, we do another D&D game, which of course is The Challenge Accepted, Season 2. Uh, these guys have made it into the city of Paradon and are beginning their investigation after having a hearty breakfast with pies. Mmm, pies. Was it Follow. pecan pie? Or Sweeney Todd pies? It was column A, column B. Okay, that sounds good. Anyways. Nuts galore. Yeah, okay. Pecans, so. people, pecans. <laughs> So, all right, so we've been doing, we did that, we have those, so all those fun things. Uh, and of course, now we can get into our first segment, which is What's Up, our fictional moment where we talk about the various things we've been up to and what we've been up to. Obviously, certain game conversations will save for state of game a little bit later in the show. So, yep. Alrighty, so Rye, what have you been up to, my friend? What have I been up to? Well, you had to have been up to something. I mean, you had a three-day weekend. You had to have traveled. Three-day weekend. Well, I didn't really travel this weekend. It was a more of a low-key because it's the first weekend after the start of uh, grad school. So, you know, I have to get into the mindset of school. So I have to, you know, plan accordingly because um, what I'm coming to learn is grad school is a ton of reading. A ton of reading. Mostly reading, research, writing, discussion. Um, so I did some of that over the weekend. Uh, I also did some gaming. Um, uh, did some uh, reading. Uh, reading the rest of the um, the biography that I'm reading with Elton John, the book. Try almost done with it, so I'm enjoying what I'm reading. There's a lot of crazy stuff that got through. Okay, a lot of stuff. Um, over the weekend, I did uh, tap into some nostalgia in gaming. I'll talk about that later. Um, watched a couple movies, um, went to a, uh, party on Saturday and just, uh, kicked it around town. Just kept it relaxed and chill. Um, had a fun adventure of going from random BJ's Wholesale Club yesterday, trying to find toothpaste. That was kind of fun, actually, you know, splendid, splendor, because I like traveling. So that was the most travels I had, driving all the way out to Chesapeake Square and but back. To go to BJ's for toothpaste? I there mean... was a specific kind of toothpaste that we were looking for. And I had the time. And I was like, what the heck? Let's just do it. You know, it's fun. I like yeah. driving, so. That's Get fair. it in, get it in. Get um, in get and out. then we celebrated, me and Je my girlfriend Angelica celebrated our monthsery, um last Wednesday, which was the second. And we went to the Black Pelican restaurant in Greenbrier. Mm, how was and it? it was delightful. I got uh, the pecan crusted mahi, and I can tell you, I enjoyed it. Well, well, yeah, I am an English major, and I my brain's already fried, and I've only read just a little bit of the six books I have to read. So I see that, Professor. Salute you. I'll survive. Um. <laughs> all right. So. That's all I have going on. Um, other than that, I'll save the rest for the rest of the show. Keep the mystery there on the games and the movies we'll talk about. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And my book is out there published if you want to check it out. Lulu.com. The Things We Think Alone. Check it out. 
Cool. Do you have a link that you can drop in the chat? Um, I can. I'll go look that up while you dive into your what's been happening. Uh, my what's and happening. I actually have to start off with going. I'm a little, I'm a little irritated. <laughs> irritated. I, I'm really irritated. So let me tell you something. I we had a optometry appointments scheduled for last week. Whole family affair because you know it's easy to schedule all at once, even in COVID. And we had to reschedule a couple of times. But check it. So my dad gives me a call and we were talking about a friend of mine's vehicle that he dropped off in my drive in my parking lot to kind of hang out and whatever. And we we're talking about what it would take to get it fixed. Well, a little later in the day, I go to get in the Jeep and I put it in drive, but the shifter did not go to drive. It stopped at neutral. So a few minutes later, uh, come to find out that the shift. Uh, my buddy, my neighbor who's a mechanic came over, took a look and says, yeah, your shifter cable's busted. It's like, well, that's never good. No, 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 it's not. So what I had to do was, and I had, a, I had, a, I had, a, I had plans in the evening. So I had to, I had a finite window Friday to sit there and get and, and work on this. So of course I called my insurance, had the tow guy come out. His initial projection to be out there was at 430. Uh, about 5.30 he showed up. And when he showed up, it was, okay, takes the vehicle. And by then I'm I'm in the middle of a call or in the middle of a production session uh, helping out uh, helping out with uh, a game session somebody else was doing and I was recording it for, for them. So, and then it's like Saturday comes around, Sunday comes around, Monday comes around. And then today I got a call from the mechanic. And he's like, well, yep, your shifter cable's definitely busted. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know that. How long? Well, the part's on back order. Back order. Yes, the part's on back order. I'm like, okay, so what's the bad news? Because obviously, if you're having a vehicle towed to a mechanic shop, they're going to do a full assessment to figure out what's wrong with it. Because, you know, we never know exactly what's wrong with their vehicles. There's so many moving parts. And I'm not a professional mechanic, so I don't know every nut and bolt. Uh, yeah. So, he then tells me, well, you have a sensor that's having a malfunction. It's like, yeah, I'm aware of that. I see the engine light come on every so often. It doesn't seem to... I've had the code cleared. It doesn't seem to be anything affecting the vehicle. He's like, yeah, well... So it's like, okay, how much is that going to cost? And is it in a kind of the same place you got to go for the shifter cable? I don't know any better. He goes, no, it's kind of on the opposite end. I'm like, okay, how much is that going to cost? He goes, about 1200 bucks. I'm like, wait, what? I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. What? You are welcome. Not. <laughs> so he tells me, he's like, well, we got to pull the fender off and we got to do this and this and this. It's like, it's, I get it. Mechanic. Obviously, I don't know. What whatever. So it's like, okay. He goes, oh yeah, and your uh, brakes and rotors on your rear brakes uh, need to be replaced. Okay. So how much is that going to cost? And he says, well, the brakes and rotors would be about 560 bucks, 600 bucks. I'm like, okay. Uh, shifter cable is going to be about 580. Okay. And uh, yeah, the 1200 for the sensor. It's like, okay. And you know, I've got also got a fog light out and a couple other things I've been trying to do. So, so yeah, uh, without even knowing those, I'm already, if I get everything fixed, it's like 2400 bucks. So I'm like, 
<sighs> I hate vehicles. You need them, but I hate them. But then it was like, so let's circle back down to this part that's on back order. It goes, yeah, about that. Uh, don't know if it'll be a couple of days or a couple of weeks before we get the part in. And I'm like... <sighs> so I've been sitting there saying, hey, yeah. So the good news is the parts on back order compared to all that other all that other stuff. So uh, that's good. I, I'm my stepsister's life partner. He's a mechanic too, or his son. His dad had a shop, and then he had a he, he and him are started up another shop. But it was yeah, it's nice to have people like that in the family. And then of course my neighbor is a master mechanic, and he helped me change out the brakes on the front. I. You know, I wait. I, I ran them down so low that when we pulled the rotor off, it was literally a sheet of paper thin. Yikes! I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's never good. No, no, I kind of lucked out on that one. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of the pace set for the weekend. Now there was some high notes. Can't imagine what they are right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got to play D and D. D&D is always fun. D&D is always a highlight. And on Monday, we decided to play some Warhammer 40k. Ooh, so, that's always good too. What I, I, I love my friends when we do this, because this is hilarious. Because leading up to this, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to come over to your house at 10 in the morning. And we're going to help you set up so that we can start playing at noon. And we're going to play. And I'm like, okay. Then I start getting texts. Well, we'll split the difference. Come over at 11. Okay. Yeah, waiting on this person to get out of the shower. So it'll be like noon before we get there. Okay. You know, casual chit chat. And then we didn't start playing till almost two o'clock. <laughs> and we played all the way through, took a break for dinner, came back, finished out. About 11 o'clock, everybody went home. This is what happens every time we play Warhammer. Because, you know, we're going over the rules and the new 9th edition stuff started coming out. Mm. And it's like they had a couple of the guys have the 9th edition core books where it's like, I need to get a copy for myself. Because apparently in 9th edition, they introduced terrain features. Like you can actually have difficult terrain and all these rules with dealing with terrain. And I had a great map I built. Posted the pictures on Instagram. And of course, when they, they I'm the one who has all the terrain pieces. So they come here because I can set up the map. And they never know what they're going to get when they get here. And this one was all eight corridors and, and CQB close quarters type stuff. And it was uh, my team, my, me and my buddy, uh, we, he, he, we'll get in. I'll, I'll save that for a state of game. But that was pretty much it. And then, of course, today in Hampton Roads is the first day of school. It is. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of first days on my my uh, book of face. Well, it's just funny because they didn't get on the bus. All they literally did was come out of their rooms, have breakfast, and then sit down at computers. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. But I had a f I, I had fun with it. I mean, both kids had their had their school issued Chromebooks, and they set up and were doing the school stuff. I mean, I think uh, Skittles had three classes today. Uh, top shelf had all of his, all four of his because the way they do high school here is they do four classes for half the year and then four classes for the other half. So it's kind of like a college semester setup. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. It's well, it gets them kind of ready for what lies ahead. 
Well, it's just a continuing trend because yeah. it, it was okay when they introduced block scheduling instead of having your seven one hour bells or seven 50 minute uh, bells for seven classes in a day. They shifted to this block schedule stuff where it's like A day, B day. I remember that. Yeah, you were. I was. I was around when before block scheduling, when block scheduling was still being a test pilot yeah. in a couple of schools. But I never experienced block scheduling. I experienced block scheduling. Uh, the first year of my high school was still the seven classes, and then the next three were the block scheduling. Yeah. Well, then they moved into okay, block scheduling at the high school level. And then they're like, well, we need to prepare the students before they get there. So they started moving block scheduling into the middle school system. So middle schools were running block schedules. And then you get it now. It's like, because, of course, you know, it's been a couple of decades. And now I've got a high schooler. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, we do four classes this semester, four classes the second semester. So that's it. Just four classes for the for the semester. Okay. Well, that's better than A day, B day. But... It, it's literally it's straight up college stuff it's like you screw that up you're done that, there's your credits for half the year gone <laughs> well you know it's it's a new experience but it's a good way to get them ready for what is inevitable in a lot of college and technical schools how they structure their stuff so oh yeah and i mean chesapeake has the thing where they have a partner they have an, a they have a partnership with the the local community college um, and where the high school kids, if they qualify, can actually start taking classes at the community college, which conveniently there's a, ca a campus to the college within walking distance of the high school. So you, they start to, you have the chance to start doing that because it's the whole, let's keep bringing, let's start, you know, challenging these kids so they can, you know, get some more of their stuff knocked out before they get out of high school, which I think is really cool. I think as a society, we should definitely at that point yeah I, I like the encouragement of taking college courses early i did when i was in high school i took a took an ap course um a couple ap courses so yeah it, I, I like the idea mm -hmm. i like you know I, I think it's great so yeah yeah and the thing is, it still don't, it still ain't changed a whole lot. In school, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember the block scheduling, and I remember some of the, some of the randomness in some of the classes. I know my last year, one of my, one of my blocks was I was in the guidance office, because I didn't need all the classes to fill, so I needed something to fill it. So that's what I did. I, 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 I got involved with the theater. I uh, became a thespian before I graduated, but I got involved in the theater, and that was pretty much all she wrote. <laughs> that was that. That's great. Yep. Cause I got I, I first uh, production was tenth grade where we did the Wiz. Okay. And I, I was just doing the audio for that, and I had a blast. I actually still have the newspaper article from way back when. But uh, that was the first theater production I got involved in. Then junior year, got involved a little bit more. Senior year, done. I got to the point where it was like, I would come, one of my classes, I did like technical drawing. And 
it, the teacher and I had such an agreement because I, I could do, I can do technical drawings. I can't draw, I can't draw figures and art and all that very well, but I can draw plans and buildings and houses and stuff. I, I have pretty aptitude for that. I'm really kind of disappointed I never went into architecture, but anyway, say la vie. So the t I would take that bell and I would go to the theater. I actually had a permanent hall pass that I would just go to the theater. And the teacher and I were so, had such an agreement that, I mean, I was getting a solid A. Mm -hmm. So he would let me go there. Every so often, he'd catch me in the morning and be like, Steve, dude, can you come to class today? You got to get the, you, you, you got to get, you got to get Lindsay off my back. <laughs> I'm like, sure, I'll come to class. So first nine weeks, I was there like 100% of the time. Second nine weeks, 75% of the time. Third nine weeks, about 50, maybe <laughs> maybe a little less than 50. Fourth nine weeks, I walked in, handed him my my exam I did at home, and then I was like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you're all like, you know what? I'm done. Let's go off into the sunset and oh. ride. Well, solid A's. I mean, yeah. seriously, I had this stuff cold. Oh, yeah. Pirates of Penzaz. I did not catch that production, but I do remember it. It uh, ooh, Lots of fun getting to know those peeps. And then, of course, getting in that, uh, getting in afterwards in the transition from one theater teacher to the other, who I met doing a production at a local community theater, Little Theater Virginia Beach, where it was... Uh, Little Abner was the first production I did where I met my soon-to-be theater teacher and been acquaintances and friends ever since. And it was just several community theater job gigs, audio and whatnot. I always kind of avoided the stage. I didn't feel I was comfortable for stage. And in my senior year, we did a production of Anything Goes. And... I got to be assistant stage man. I got to be a stage manager for that. So there was one time where I, I was, I was a backup, but there was a, there was a couple of, there was a production. I ran the production. I ran the stage for backstage. It was, it was great. Lots of fun during then. Some fun times, huh? You know, it's, it's great. I mean, theater is such a thing. I mean, we were, we were talking, I was talking with somebody, I think it was Mayflowers talking where we were talking about, we were making references to uh, Princess Bride, and it's like me and my best friend at the time, we would play, uh, we would reenact the whole sword fight <laughs> for giggles. I mean, and it was it was just hilarious. Now, Little, Ab Little Abner's a great show. I really enjoyed that. I, I, I enjoyed all the theater work I got to do. I really kind of regret I didn't get to do more of it. I tried to do a production of Grease uh, shortly after I got to 29 Palms. Okay. But that didn't quite go so well. Um, actually, that was probably the first time I ruined a car because I was being stupid and trying to show off for somebody. I did a lot of stupid things yeah. in high school with a car. And then this is not going to talk about them. <laughs> just, just not going to talk about them. We won't do that. <laughs> We won't do that. It's vivid in my mind what I did. It's just not going to come out of this mind. We good. We understand. Yeah. And just uh, I, I just just a side note. Um, side note. Just a random thought. I'm 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 in a really good mood right now. Oh, let's be in a good. Uh, mood. Let's, just let's got a score alert. Um, I'm a sports fan, which you know. And right now the NBA playoffs are going on. Um, my team just 
beat the beat the Milwaukee Bucks, so they're heading into the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, what's your team? Miami Heat. Ah. So, just got the score alert. Just a random, just a randomness, but just another uh, pep in my step tonight. So. Agnes of God. Oh, that's not a bad. I not familiar with that one. I do. I barely. I I did a couple of one acts myself. I just can't remember. A lot of. Good times, bad times, but of course I don't really talk to anybody from high school. Yeah, there is there there. I I had a lot of friends in high school, and there's a lot of them I'm still friends with. But and there's a few that I still talk with today. Well, I think uh, the the friends I still talk to that I knew in high school are people who didn't even go to my high school. <laughs> uh, I well, I, I mean, I I know that feeling. Harley girl, you know, she and I were, she and I knew each other for eighth or for ninth grade or my ninth and 10th grade years. Um, she was a, a or, no, it's definitely 10th. Um, but yeah, we knew each other then, but, and we talk. So she's, the, she's the exception to that. But my other two best friends that I still chat with are on occasion, they both went to a high school that opened uh, while I was in high school, so it was like it was. So they, we were friends then, but you know, we went to different high schools, and then some other people I lost touch with. But the majority of my class, nobody. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I had a couple of reunions with the theater, and it was seeing nice to see peeps, but never got back into it. Oh yeah, it's um a, a, the true friendships endear through a lot of things. So yeah, but, yeah, I think that I yeah you're not. I was getting confused because yeah, you're ninth and tenth, my tenth and eleventh. Because you did pirates, that got me interested, and then I did. I think you did pirates in the spring, and then I came in on the second for that. Yeah, I was. Digging back 25 years, it's like, shit. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, language. Language. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Where's Captain America when you need him? I need that I need that little bit to sit there and push a button. And like, language. Wait a minute, did, did Cap just say language? <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did, people. Yeah, yeah it kind of slipped out. Truth anyway. and honor. Oh wow, memory lane, man. Alright, okay. Now before Alzheimer's sets in, let's uh move on to reviews. Move it on, people, move it on. Just move on to those reviews and just get those reviews going. Alrighty, righty, righty. Alrighty, I'll remove the reviews for this week as two the, um... big ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, let's get our first one going. Our first one is the new Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. Now, this was supposed to come back out in July, but it never quite made it. Yep. And it just got released uh, this past week. In fact, uh, Rye went to see an early screening of it. Yes, sir. So I did not go. I have not seen it yet, but I've also... Being how Christopher Nolan has some of his films, Gar, I'm sure this has got a real great mental trip. Yes, it does. definitely does have a mental trip, and it definitely was a fun experience. I got to go to an early screening 
of it before it was released, which it was released this past weekend. And Tenet is another in the line of uh, Christopher Nolan's like uh, pseudo intellectual films and dives deep into the ideas of time and spe space. But what he does this time, instead of mixing it with the mind trippy sequences like Inception or going on in a space like Interstellar, he combines all that time and space paradox within the uh, idea of espionage and suspense thriller. Okay. So what this film centers on is a main character only known as the protagonist, and it's played by John David Washington, who is the son of Denzel Washington. Um, he is the protagonist, and you watch as he goes through um, travels around the world on this international espionage to, to uh, protect the world from devastation. A typical uh, trope that you find in a lot of like James Bond films, but with the kicker is that he is fighting the paradox of time. So what it is is that the protagonist is fighting a threat from the future who's sending a, a, a device in the past to destroy the world. And that's where the film centers on. And it centers on the idea of what um, uh, Nolan calls inversion. So it's a mimicry of time travel, but in a way where when you are inverting yourself in this film, um, the protagonist, uh, as time is moving forward, you're moving, you're moving backwards. So it is really a fun and daring technical feat that Christopher Nolan does in this film. And when, when there's been word out there from people where it says you have to pay attention to the detail, and you truly have to pay attention to the detail because when you're watching in the first half of the movie, it's a typical espionage thriller. You're going from place to place in different um, um, different locales around the world. And the protagonist is trying to find the mystery of oh, what is this device? How is the future future uh, society working with the people in the past and so forth? So as the protagonist is putting these pieces together, you're going through typical action set, uh, set pieces, some, some intense uh, car chases and action pieces where weird and trippy things are happening. But they're undefined because you don't really know what's happening. Then comes the point where the protagonist uh, gets into the machine and reverses time. So all the stuff that was happening was happening in the same sequence as him going backward. So the second half parlays all of those missing pieces that you saw in the first half. And everything starts to come together and you start to see the intricacies of how uh, the protagonist interacts with the past uh, going backwards. But still, in a sense, going forward. It's very weird and trippy, but the greatness of it is that everything is done through practical effects. And if you've seen anything, anything from Nolan, he is um, one that prides himself in true cinematic experience. So when you're seeing the explosion, the car chases, the action set pieces, it you 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 are entrenched in the action, and you're so, it's so intense. Just the gravitas of the the sound, the explosions, and just watching the characters interact with. Uh, not only the current present, but interacting with future elements going back, going backwards. It's just crazy. And then when you get into the final sequence, that's when everything comes to head. And you see how the protagonist has to save the world, but at the same time does it in a way where it plays with time and the paradox of what is really the present and what is really the past. So once everything comes and concludes... There is a genuine wrap-up. There is a genuine uh, explanation to everything that is happening. And you get a sense of completion uh, of a, a, a completed story, but still the idea of what ifs, of 
what they were playing with the time paradox entropy and inversion try to try to direct yourself to the microphone direct myself to the microphone okay yeah get that all right all righty uh so yeah that actually sounds really trippy and cool i don't have much to say on it yeah i don't there is one thing any questions yeah how old have we gotten to where we have denzel washington's son leading a film I, I guess we're really old because, yeah, I think Denzel Washington is in his mid-60s. I'm guessing. I, Y'all can correct me on that. I can look it up later. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fun to see him in the role. But the one that steals the show is uh, Robert Pattinson. And he plays his, like, pseudo-sidekick. And he is uh, an actor's actor. Like, he is entrenched in the role. He gets you buzzed about everything going on and he just the things he does in this movie without spoiling it 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 helps add a layer layer of detail to the the heavy exposition that has to be given but it's it's done in a way where there's charm and suave to the explanations that might go above yourself you know above thought cool so you know the great thing about this film is that it it does play with a lot of stuff with the paradox of time and how the future can interact with the past but it's done in a way through and the irony of simplistic detail and action. It's just, it's just, it's weird, but I got it. Like you get it. And once you just are there for the ride, then everything just falls into place. Once you get in the second, because that's when everything opens and you're just like, what the blank. All right. So what are we giving this for a rating? Overall, it's a fun action set piece. It does a great job in combining the espionage thriller with sci-fi elements um, it does lack in character development because there's a lot of stuff they got to do. But overall, it's a fun time at the theaters. It would be worth the full price of admission. Four out of five. Definitely go check it out if you are a Nolan fan like me. Comment. I think there's two different musics happening. That's the sound set. Oh, okay. There are actually two uh, two bits going on. There's a, there's a yes. Uh, Professor Robert Pattinson is the is the vampire from uh, Twilight. So that's how everybody remembers him at, and he's the next uh, Batman. So. Yes. But I think he's going to be good in the role of Bruce Wayne. Especially after watching this movie and some of his previous roles. Yeah. He's, he's, I, yeah. yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm curious on this one. But uh, the other question is is this better or worse than the Will Smith future self movie, Gemini? Is uh, it better or worse? I would have to say it's probably better. If y'all go to a previous podcast that I talked about the movie, I did not like Gemini Man, just to keep it simple. See? I love Tenet. And there you go. Anyways. So, that was the first one. And now for our next one. Mulan, which released on Disney Premiere. Yes, sir. Over the weekend. Basically, if you paid an extra $30 to Disney Plus, you could check this movie out. But this one um, is interesting so far. I mean, I've seen a few other commentaries on it, so I will save my commentary for the end. But on, but if you are a fan of Disney, if you like Disney's remakes of live action and feel that they should copy and paste exactly beat for beat how they did their animated ones, 
Yeah, check that expectation at the door because this one will take you for a ride. Rye? And you have laid the foundation of how I will do this review because um, this is another one of Disney's live action remakes, uh, remakes, my apologies, and it is available on Disney Plus with the extra advantage of $30. But I think it has a good value with a lot of people that watched it in my house. So, um, but like Scuba said, this is a live action retelling and the word I'm going to start with is uh, adaptation. When you adapt material, regardless if it's in the same medium or different medium, you want to make sure that you stay true to the source, but make it feel fresh. And I'm going to backtrack just a couple bits. Um, in the last uh, past years, we've seen live action remakes of Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, and The Lion King, to name a few. Uh, two of the three I enjoyed, but they were beat by beat the same movie as the animated tale especially the lion king i enjoyed the live action but it was a beat by beat story retelling of the animated classic that leads into what i describe in this movie as a true adaptation and what if you give a director and the filmmakers a chance to retell a story this is what you have right here and mulan is an action adventure focused movie Focus on the titular character of Mulan, and it centers on the story of her finding her true self and becoming a hero for us all. Not only for her country, but for everyone um, everyone that's watching, everyone in the story. Um, this movie is a lot more action-oriented. It's a lot more adventure and epic in scale. And the great thing that I like about this movie is that it combined great elements of the fairy tale tropes within a coming of age tale by doing that it made the character more human humanizing where you have relevancy in what she is trying to accomplish in this world she's battling trying to be honorable to her family by following traditions but at the same time capturing what she really wants to do in being the warrior that she was born to be so that conflict comes to head when the uh, the 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 country is at war and sh and the village has to send one male person from the family and in Mulan's family there's no male so she steals her father's armor and sword and goes off to war and which which we know from the animated yeah. one but how is let's kind of focus on how this kind of differs the difference is on the action and the character piece because what you get to see is an overarching growth in the character of Mulan and it focuses on her growth as not only the heroine aspect of the typical hero's tale, it focuses her growth as a person within a society that wants to go that society that doesn't want to accept change. And the change being that a woman can lead an army, a woman can be a hero and a woman can be an equivalent against, um, you know, can be an equivalent to what is out there. Um, she showcases her strength with true honor and dignity, but you see the flaws in her struggle in trying to find, um, trying to find her place in this world. And okay. in that struggle, it helps the, the endearment of the tale, and it helps to bring in all these ancillary characters. It fleshes out a motif of building yourself and finding who you are in the most troubling times. And even when the film does use the typical good versus bad motif and the typical evil villainy that you find in a lot of like fairy tale tropes, 
it doesn't rely on that and just relies on her growth as a person, especially once you get into the final act. Um, the final act is such a masterful job of combining action, grand set pieces, but making it very character-centric. And they use a lot of imagery, uh, use a lot of um, just a subtle detail in just the cues of the action set pieces and how they mimic um, the culture and individualism and finding that honor in both. Okay. So overall, it's it's a great adventure epic. It does have a lot of familiarity, but they uh, use that familiarity as a foundation to build upon something more. Okay. Being a real adaptation. Like this is what a lot of people have been clamoring for these live action films is actually doing something different, but staying true to the source. So, so what are we going to call this one? Overall, um, it is, I think it, it is worth the $30. And if you have Disney Plus, I would definitely pick it up if you like live action films and Mulan. But I gave it a four out of five full price. This would be definitely worth seeing in theaters. And I did mention this to my girlfriend. I have a feeling that Disney might re-release this at theaters at some point, and I will be there to see it on the big screen because this is a film I think should have went to the theaters because it is worth it. Just the, the scale of what they did in this movie is worth seeing on an IMAX screen. Cool. Oh yeah, they did play the original songs in the background, and they did it yeah. very seamlessly. Yeah, they did. They didn't have some of those extra elements like Mushu and whatnot. That's not which... a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, two two great movies. So it's a it's 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 a prize in itself when you get to watch two movies and have a fun experience. Alrighty. Well, seems like some things are kind of lagging away on there. Hmm. Oh well. So far so good. We'll do what we do. Uh, we can survive the times. Mm-hmm. So just curious, um, anybody out there in uh the chat check out any of these two movies that came out or looking forward to any of these two movies? I did see uh somebody mention they're excited to see Tenant. I don't remember who said that. Well, if you have questions for as we go through things, make sure to type QUESTION in all caps and then uh, in, in the chat and that will bubble up, that should bubble up to a feed where we can answer those questions. Same thing if you put COMMENT in all caps and then your COMMENT in the chat, that will also kind of bubble up. So that way we can try and catch these and be a little interactive in that sense. Uh, so next thing up, we have our state of game where we talk about the various games we are playing and what we've been playing and all that fun jazz. Um, I think I'll start off with going over that Warhammer game real quick. Because, I'm intrigued because I always like it when you play the Warhammer. Yeah. So the Warhammer, Warhammer game, it's been a few months since we played. I think it was pre COVID since we played because I think we did a New Year's Eve kind of play the game. Yeah, I think that's the last time you played because I remember you talking yeah. about that one. Stream is smooth, super smooth tonight. Gorgeous. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Uh, thank you. I did. Uh, I dropped in some new upgrades to the stream box that we use and we should be streaming at 1080p recording at 1080p. And it looks like we are doing good compared to the last few weeks. So thank you for 
hanging out with us. So hopefully we will keep this momentum as we go. Keep it going with the flow. And gotta throw those Charizards. Yes. Burn. Feel the burn. All right, Harley girl. Thank you for coming to hang out with us. Hopefully we'll catch you over the weekend on the D&D streams. Um, but yeah, we set the way we set this up is a friend of mine's brother had his birthday on Saturday. So he got some new uh, Chaos Marine models. I think he got a named character or something. Uh, and so it was like he wanted to field those and see how those goes. I was like, okay. Now, for me, I have a very small army. Like, super small. Like... This little bin has my minis in it for Warhammer. So I am very limited on what I can field and what I can play. It's pretty much the same thing all the time. So it's like I set up the terrain and I set up, I've got a, I've got some cat, uh, older cast uh, terrain pieces that we set up on the table. Like I said, it's up on Instagram. But uh, it was kind of like corridors or whatever, because I didn't like the whole... The, the, Warhammer is supposed to be in the future. It's supposed to be a lot of urban-type combat, as opposed to revolutionary-style, you know, armies on two ends of an open field and go at each other. So I like to add different elements to kind of make it a challenge, because these guys, straight, flat surface, they'll steamroll. Um, so it was like, okay, let's do this. And we played for some, we had three objectives we try and hold. And my, me and my buddy and Goggleator or Raz, uh, we set up, uh, he was running Space Wolves. I was running Dark Angels against uh, the other side, which is running Thousand Suns and Death Watch, Death Guard. And it was okay. They had more, they had numbers. All right. But uh, we managed to secure... The objectives and end up beating them like double the point value but i lost two entire units in the process but uh as i was saying earlier it's like the idea was to start at noon we didn't start till two we didn't finish and pack everything up till 11. love playing warhammer but sometimes you know but the big thing was that this new ninth edition stuff is coming out now the ninth edition core book is out and you can go to games workshop and sign up for their app and get a copy of the core rules for free so you can look it up. It's not a bad deal. But and all the but the, unfortunately all the codexes for the various units don't start releasing till October. So we were kind of playing with we're using the ninth edition for the general table setup. And then I have to wait on the codexes to see what the new ninth edition rules are for the codexes. But so it's like it's kind of my gripe with learning warhammer 40k is the fact that you get this core book and the core book doesn't really tell you how to play except for how to set up the table but if you want any unit information you gotta wait for a codex well the the these core books came out like a month ago so you got like two months before the codexes come out so it's like one of the questions i asked what if i'm a new player who's never played warhammer 40k what do i need that's so if I'm doing D&D, &D, if I'm a new person playing D&D, &D, I just need the player's handbook. Easy peasy. Or if I'm a new new dungeon master, I need the, there's three books I need. The player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide, and the monster manual. I'm good. 
Warhammer, it's like you need you need the core book and the codexes in order to play just one side. Because each codex for each unit or each faction has different things. So it's like it's a lot of information, but it's really kind of like man. But the nice but one of the nice things with this ninth edition has additional core uh, additional rules for terrain because it used to be it's like oh how do we handle difficult terrain well if you can fly you just go over it okay what else mm, not much okay that's a little but now it's like with this it's like okay now difficult terrain reduces your movement by two all right and add a couple little rolling hills. Yep, that'll be difficult terrain. Scalable, breachable, all these factors that go into these wall setups. It's like, I need this book so I can, next time I set up a table, I can really mess with them. Because then I can know what's I need. So. How much each piece is worth? <laughs> oh. I have a couple of the half boxes, so about 80 bucks a, a set. A set. They get a lot expensive. Like, I want a field, something called Titans. Those are about $200 a model. On the cheap. $200 a model. There's some that are really big. Yeah, those are, like, stupid. Especially if you're buying them and having them shipped from the UK. Yeah. It's expensive super expensive yeah uh, warhammer warhammer is one of those black holes when you fall into it you will fall into it and you will never see the light of day and i not only got into 40k but i got into age of sigmar which is the fantasy side of warhammer and i have a starter one of my buddies got me a starter box for these dwarves which are kind of like a steampunk clockwork dwarf um and i have those put together but i haven't, haven't painted them yet but yeah, they gets it gets pretty expensive. I mean, these guys have been sinking hundreds of dollars. I think one of my friends, when he finally, because he had extra money lying around, he was like, "I'm gonna go to eBay," and I he picked up like a thousand dollars worth of models for like five hundred bucks. So, and they're reproducing models, and the older models are hard to find. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, if I want to buy more units, I'm looking at easy fifty to hundred dollars a unit to get and that's not that's not counting paints and everything else because game workshop has their own paint line okay. which they're not bad but at roughly 550 a bottle actually i have one of those bottles hang on Alrighty. so it's my little thing of paint all right let's see the colors so Colors. this is one of the little paint paint uh, tins you can get for Games Workshop, right? This color is uh, Karabor Crimson, right? This is roughly $5.50 a bottle, depending on your local store. Then, of course, there's these droppers from Vallejo, which I've got quite a few I've been collecting for no reason in particular. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. And these are <laughs> roughly three fifty a bottle depending on your local supply. So, yeah. It can get really expensive really quick. But I actually kind of like it. So, you know, it gives me something to do and I like models and miniatures and all that stuff, so. But, yeah. That was Warhammer. Warhammer's fun. 
I wish it I does. could play more. It does. It does sound like fun times. It's good. The lore is really impressive. Question. Have I used army paints? I have not. I do not have any in my collection as of yet. I do have a friend that does you did pick up the big $200 army painter set. Um, the colors are comparable from what I can tell. I couldn't give you anything more unless I picked up a set and tested it. And to be honest, I haven't actually used the Vallejo yet. I'm working on doing that, but I seem to get sucked into rabbit holes and never actually get to painting. And it is something we're taught we've talked about. A couple of them are not are a little shy about being on camera, which is fine. I mean, it's supposed to be a friendly game. And I I have a IP camera that uh Saladin gave me. And once I figure out how to get it into OBS, I might actually use that to film our game sessions. Now I will preface that if we do this, you guys are you guys are just gonna be spectators because we're just it's pretty much we're gonna be focusing on that and it will be unfiltered. It will probably be for adult audiences, and it will be just all kinds of shenanigans. Just putting it out there. I try to be family friendly on all my content, but and actually, funny thing is, is all of my friends are really supportive of me doing this streaming thing and, and doing these contents. That we actually got into like a forty-minute conversation about uh, language in streams, which is really funny. Um, so. We might uh, yeah. do that. I mean, you, we keep it. We keep, we keep it clean. Yeah, it would be a top down, kind of to the side. Uh, I did test it last night. The view isn't bad. <laughs> um, but. Uh. <laughs> and and this is why I want to keep doing family friendly because you know I don't want to feel I, I don't want to let Mayflower feel left out. Oh yeah. You know she's awesome. I keep family friendly. Uh. So yeah, that was Warhammer. I do. We, I think we're gonna try and do a uh, Sigmar game. I just have to find a time and day to do it. So yeah, sounds uh, good to me. But yeah, we can get it. I mean, do we want to do the D and D now and then end on video games, or do we want to do video games and end on D and D? It's whatever y'all want us to talk about. Going once, going twice. All right, we'll talk. We'll, we'll 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 take a break and we'll talk video games. Ryan, what you been playing, my man? All right, so everybody knows I've been working my way through the story of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, we delved. Uh, I went and hit the climactic end of Act Two with some serious consequences, and now venturing into Act Three. Act Three um, is a lot shorter act, so I should be able to get get the full story done within a week's time, even with grad school. Um, um, yeah, that's the full story regardless of side missions. Um, squirrel moments do happen. So I'm trying to avoid squirrel moments, but there is this quest line to get this really sweet armor. So squirrels are reaching out with their, uh, almonds and pecans. So yeah, I might get that. I did get the flaming sword in act three. That was the one thing I was aiming to do is do the quest line for the flaming sword. And that flame sword is epic like it is fun to use that sword in battle when you, you basically what he does he ignites the sword with with uh with a stone and you have a limited time but once you were you're you're in a crowd it it really takes out the crowd but i'm going to try um, to focus on the main story 
uh, get to the end. I do know that there is a choice that you have to make at the end. Mm -hmm. And I am contemplating on that choice now. You should. Yeah, because like especially with the with the climax of what Act Two is, it's definitely the story is it. I'm I'm entrenched into the story and I'm feeling the struggle that uh, Jin Sakai is having between being honorable to his family and falling deeper into this ghost persona. And the coolest thing that I did pick up on is what I read online, and I do see it happening. Is that the more and more stuff you do as the ghost, it does affect the weather in the game. Like, it does really do. And it's pretty cool. Okay, and I have cool. a lot of awesome screens in this latest fight in the snow up on my Instagram. So if you want nice. to check them out, a lot of brutal screens. I'm chopping heads off left and right in that game. Yeah, we may we may find a way to feed your Instagram into the, into the discard. But that's not the only game I was playing. I did uh, tap into some old school nostalgia skateboarding. Ah. I picked up the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 on Friday, and I have created the Rye Guy in the game, and he's <laughs> been skating free and having fun in that game, and oh. it is a fun experience. There's just so much fun in just falling back in, and um, the studio Activision and the other studio that worked on this game, they did an amazing job in the detail of recreating all the classic parts on making the, the the missions feel new again and just it's just fun just skating around to that soundtrack it's just you just fall back in that place it's a good blend of nostalgia and newness um so so you you get the first two games there's an extra game in there there's multiplayer there's create a park and you create a player so so far i've been dabbling and trying to unlock all the parks that i can Cool. Nostalgia, yes, it is nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> um, I actually have some video games to talk about. The vid games from the scuba. Yes, yes I started playing Spiritfarer. What is this Spiritfarer? It did intrigue me. I did ask you about it before. Yes, and I wasn't going to talk about it before stream. Yeah. Um, Leave so me hanging here. Yes. One of one of one of the streamers I've been following for years and never really got a chance to check her stuff out live was uh, Deb. Deb Noxious? Deb Anxious? Anyways, um, Dodger, basically. And she was playing Spirit Fair for like two weeks. And I was really fascinated. And I found it on Xbox Game Pass and started playing it. Now, Spirit Fair is a nice little indie title um game, but it you take on the role uh, you take on the role of Charon, who is the ferryman who transports spirits as they transition from death to the afterlife and you are this uh girl named stella who takes over for charon and you have to start uh collecting and ferrying spirits to the afterlife and the game is set up to be kind of a resource community management style game you you're given your ferry boat and you have to collect resources and, and make things and it is such a beautiful game game the color palette the animation it's very pretty and I've, I've only a little bit in but i know how the story goes and it's one of those games uh that you really should if, if you can check it out and play it's very nice because the whole thing is about coping with death coping with with uh what's happens and, and and what you leave behind and all that 
And you come to find out that an, each of these spirits that you particularly uh, rescue all have some connection to you. They all have some connection to Stella. And, but they're all in these anamorphic type bodies. Like I have the uncle who's like this big giant bullfrog. I have the best friend who is an, who is a deer or some other type of, of, of uh, creature like that. Um, and it is such, I really enjoyed it cause I was just kind of rolling through it and it's very kind of easy, kind of casual. Uh, it's kind of a platformer thing and you have your best, you have your friend kit, you have your friend whose name is Daffodil and she's a cat. Now, one of the things I know is you can actually do a co-op with this game and where one person can play as Stella, the other person can play as Daffodil. And you have this spirit light, which is like this utilitarian tool for um, doing things like if you're cooking, it makes oven mitts for you so you can pull out the hot food. Um, but with this resource management is these, this community you build on the ship, you have to feed them, give them lodging, kind of help them finish off their last few things. But, uh, it was, it's got a lot of really good reviews. It's really, um, if you really want to know the intricacies of each character, you really have to read the digital art book and after, which I recommend reading after you play the game. Because then it, it clarifies each character and who they were inspired by and all, how they fit into the story. But I started playing that. I got a couple hours in, just kind of. Yeah, this this looks looks fun. I'm looking at the trailer as you talk, and the animation is. It's awesome. beautiful. It's it reminds very, me of it's Child beautiful. of Light. Yeah, it's a very beautiful. I think it might be the same studio. Yeah, it reminds me of Child of Light. I might have to pick it up. You said it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass right now. It is called Spirit. Well, what's up? You want to spirit fair? Yeah, it's on Xbox Game Pass, Steam, all of the all of the channels. But it is a it's a really pretty game. It's a very cat. The the soundtrack is amazing. It's very kind of easy, chill, relaxing kind of deal. So if you get, I I may stream some of it uh, in the near future. I was tinkering with it so if we stream it i may restart it and just stream it if you guys are interested in that kind of thing uh and that was the main game i got some time in because i was really kind of wanting to just detox over the weekend i i completely understand <laughs> so i think monday monday morning actually i started playing spirit fair while i was waiting on the guys to show up so we could play warhammer go figure <laughs> get get in the zen zone so, well, that's the video game side. I guess we can talk about the D&D stuff now. Throw them dice. What we got? More, more fun to come. With them dice. The platforming aspect is not that bad. It's the, it's the fact that you have all these goofy characters to talk to and these spirits, and there's a lot of gaming references. There are several spirits that are talking like, well, you know, 5D20 is not bad, right? If you if you wanted to dabble in some like old school gaming, um, there another game that I'm playing, Crosscode. You Cross might, code, might yeah. you might you might like that Anom anomalous. And to be fair, I was looking for Avengers on Game Pass to see if I could play that because I did watch the playthrough for Avengers on a uh, gamer's little playground, and that's a really cool story. I really love that uh, RPG element. Yes, Crosscode. 
<laughs> yeah, CrossCode is actually uh, on Game Pass for free. Oh, free. really? So if you do have an Xbox, I'd definitely pick it up. It is a fun game. It, it It's a fun action RPG in the 2D format, so it is fast-paced, too. So. Yeah. You are most welcome. So, D&D this weekend. Friday started with a session, and that was fun. At one point, I did uh, I took over, and we did had like a 30-person Zoom call to finish out the session. It was nuts. Mm. <laughs> nuts. Crazy nuts. Somebody said it's like, I'm, I, I've got to be completely bat crazy to <laughs> to subject myself to it it's like yeah well 33 you like it you love it just go for it yeah i i really enjoy it i i have my regrets on how i could try to run it differently but that's just me always wanting to perfect my craft so I, as it were i get the feeling i know but after that, it was then Saturday, we started our first uh, thing for Twilight's Gleaming. Can't call it Last Gleaming because this wasn't the last of them. They continued on. <laughs> um, and this was an episode that was essentially reintroducing everybody and doing some downtime. Because when you do adventuring, when you have persistent campaigns, you need to have downtime to take care of those odds and ends. You can't adventure all the time. So it was a pretty good, we, we, we went three hours roughly, um, did some shopping, turned in, turned in the quest marker things, met a new character, his name's Snagraz. Uh, he is a very interesting individual. He is a goblin who started life as a rogue, but now is a wizard. And there's a story there we will explore, but it was great. Um, <laughs> that's right. It was great. I mean, and so, but we have a new character who's going to be joining us this Saturday and I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing, uh, her character interact with these guys. It's gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but it is a great, great concept for a character. I'm really super excited for it. And I'm excited to see her join the party and see what she brings to the shenanigans. Shenanigans. But uh, I think talking with the guy, talking with the players recently, I think this is going to end up being a homebrew world. So we're literally going to build this world as we play, as opposed to uh, just kind of plopping it in. So we should. Uh, I have to figure out a map and artwork and. I get, I'm hoping there's some community love for artwork because I can't draw for nothing and I would love some great artwork. And I know that we have subscription tiers and some of the perks of those subscription tiers is to submit artwork that we will use on the streams. So got to move in with that. Uh, but it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was way too early in the morning. I'm sorry. 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. 10 is of early. Of course, Mayflower, you are more than welcome to help. As long as our characters have good descriptions, I can feed those to you if you want to try and draw. I remember you and a couple other people were really good for it. Yes, coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
But yeah, 10, 10 a.m. on Saturday is not bad, especially if you're getting that morning brew or whatever and kind of just hanging out. It's pretty cool. I might do Sunday mornings streams too, but that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, and then Saturday night was, of course, challenge accepted. These cats. <laughs> Let me tell you something about these guys. Let me tell you something. So they get into Priordon, right? And I start off with them finding the first murder victim. And their reaction, and they react with, uh, yeah, we're the new people. There's, there's a body here. We're probably going to uh, uh, get blamed for this. So let's like vanish. And it was like, all right. <laughs> That's how you want to do it. Okay, let's see what the dice say. Only one of the four, one of the four of them, or three of them, because no, nope. yeah, we had four because one of our cast couldn't make it. One of them was the only one who passed their deception roll. The rest of them were like, "Yeah, we're kind of, yeah, <laughs> we just got here." So, but I think the highlight of the night was the boarding. It was the lodging house they stayed at. Because we didn't get very far in content, because we we went to this lot. They went to this lodging house, and of course, in the morning they wanted to talk to the staff. It's like okay, so there's a nice elderly woman who's kind of a, a middle aged woman who's making pies, and so she ended up. Be, so Auntie was made. Auntie was came to realization, <laughs> and of course, one of our characters is this big giant minotaur. Oh yeah, <laughs> and she looked up at him and says. You need more meat on your bones. Please, dearie, sit down. Sit down. Would you like... I'll give you two pies. You look like you, you could use two pies. And What's just, wrong with two pies? It's just like... <laughs> I, I don't know. The pies are such a great story medium. <laughs> but yeah, the whole party had pies and breakfast and, and have decided they're going to investigate... Because I'm going more some of this old stuff, and I'm thinking about Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> and there was a, if you haven't seen Gotham by Gaslight, Gotham by Gaslight is a really great uh, what if story, which put Batman in Victorian London. Uh, and there was a point where Bruce Wayne owned like a gentleman's club. Yes, it is a movie, Professor Chili. It was based on a on a graphic novel. But it is a movie. It's called Gotham by Gaslight. It's beautiful movie. Beautiful. It, you see all the, the various characters of Batman in Victorian-style London. Selena Kyle, Poison Ivy, Jim Gordon, all of them. And there is a twist in that story that, for, even watching it three or four times like I have, I still get caught by that twist. Because the story is so good. There you go. Yep. Batman Gotham by Gaslight. And uh, a great film. But uh, just thinking about that, thinking about Bruce Wayne, and of course, you know, we had Pennyworth and, you know. And it was like, okay, so two of the cast are going to investigate the local gentleman's club, which is basically just guys drinking and smoking cigars. Nothing, nothing too nat, nothing too bad. Because this is Victorian London, after all. They don't get crazy. Ish. And the women are going to, you know, run some errands for the, for auntie, because she's so nice and sweet. So they're going to try and dig up some dirt on what's going on. 
But uh, we'll be curious to see how what happens. But I think we're going to shoot for three-hour sessions. And I have a feeling we're going to run longer than 10 episodes. Because I think the way we're kind of gelling as a story, I think it'll run a little longer than 10 episodes. And that's just because I want to finish this module before moving into another module. With a new with the with or going back to uh, Salt Marsh, but this might be interesting. We'll see how this kind of develops. Question: No, it is not on Flint Street. <laughs> the question is: Is Auntie shot by chance on Flint Street? No, and there is no barber in the bill in the in the residence above it. <laughs> Nice try. More meat pies. Anyways, so D&D &D this weekend was great. Um, insight check. Okay. You want to do it? Let's do it. That is uh, 19. What is yours? <laughs> See, mine's a 19 straight on the die. Okay. <laughs> I give it. I, I give it. What's your question? Am I lying or am I telling the truth? I'll tell you right now, I'm telling the truth. No, it is not on Flit Street. <laughs> that was fun that was fun <laughs> what's in the pies oh it's better than what's in the box uh let's see there were meat pies what's in the box? we don't want to know what's in the box you don't want to know what's in the box don't ask what's in the box uh there was meat pies i think i said an apple pie and a blueberry pie and the reason why she started giving out the apple and the blueberry is because uh Tarvos was uh, gobbling down those meat pies. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that, too. I mean, this is, you know, the kind of time period. It's like, yeah, it, it's edible. It's all in the preparation. It's all in the preparation. The right spices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, really? Dude. <laughs> but yeah, if you uh, if you guys watch the streams and ask questions, I can try and do some of that. But, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much for those who haven't watched it. So go check out the episodes. I try to get them posted every week before the new episode over at Scuba Studio on YouTube. Also, I do. I am starting to run reruns of the Twitch broadcasts on Twitch at, or during the day. For those who can't stay up late at night or any of our fans who are across the pond where eight o'clock PM Eastern is like stupid early for them. So I want to oh, yeah. give them a chance to enjoy the shenanigans. Check out or, the reruns, people. Or watch at your leisure. But yeah. Um and for the kids, I mean look at this. Look at this. 1723. That means at some point this weekend, hopefully someone is gonna hit that 1750 and unlock. The D12 inspiration die to the parties. Do, 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 do. 
<laughs> so, on that note, I think I'm good on the D&D &D stuff, unless there's some good and uh, whatnot. So, I think we're ready for odds and ends. Yes. Oddies and endies. Let's see where we go. Alrighty. Yeah, that's still taking a bit. Anyways, we're going to figure that out. But let's see, odds and ends is that point where we talk about these random internet stories we find and what our opinions are. These are only our opinions. Do not take them as gospel. Feel free to do your own research. You can uh, take mine as gospel. I am the word. I am rye. Okay. <laughs> Here's our first one. You know, Mario Ga Mario 64 is coming out to be it's shaping out to be one of those one of the most uh, versatile games to mod and modify and and change. Well, our latest in incarnation is someone sat there and redid Mario 64 as Doom. So yes, sir. So they reskinned Mario to where he's in a jumpsuit and a, and and the uh, Doom Slayer helmet. And he's wandering around <laughs> playing Doom. But of course, you know, there's no guns or anything like that. But it's still cute and comical. It is a, it is a delightful treat to just see how people can... I, I, I say I'm a broken record, but how people can get creative. Not only by putting things into games, but now fusion, fusion of games. Where uh, somebody took the Mario 64 and... Did an overhaul with uh, aesthetics of the old school Doom games. So, as reported on Game Rants, quote, not only have all the textures around Peach Castle been replaced, but the music has also been turned into versions of classic Doom songs made made using Mario 64 no oh, noises. And yes, quote. I need to specify that we are talking the original Doom UI. The original, yes. The original Dungeon Crawl Doom UI is how you see when you when you check this out. Oh, Link yeah. will be in the show description uh, doobly-doo later. But yes, that is wild. Oh yeah, and there's another fun fact with this mod. What's that? Is that there is, quotes a secret Doom levels, secret Doom levels hidden within the retextured Mario 64 world, end quote. Really? Yes. So, not only will you be able to play Mario 64 as Doom, but you'll find some hidden places. Yeah, this is just goofy. I love it. I oh, love yeah. it. And it's just it's just great to see how Mario 64 is coming back into the fray, not only with this mod, but just on the side note, uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars being released on Switch. For the 35th anniversary, which come, has Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy all in one package. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. You know I'm buying that. Of course you are. And <laughs> here's one, because, you know, we're getting into November and that holiday season, and I'm sure all of us have kids, or our big kids ourselves, we just don't want to admit it. Because that's I admit my story, it. and I'm sticking to it. I admit it is we got these new uh, these new consoles are coming out well apparently this one has just leaked and this is the xbox series s we've been hearing all the buzz on the series x being so big and massive and crazy and probably setting a new bar for stupid expensive for consoles but the series x is supposed to be their smallest console ever 
Yes, sir. It has, it looks like it's going to have a, like a 500, 512 gigabyte, uh, SD, SSD hard drive on it. Yes, sir. And it is going to retail for the low, low price of $299. There was a video ad that was released. Uh, IGN carried the story and showcasing this and talking about us, all the cool features. I mean, it's better than what we're looking at for the for the X, which is still rumored to be about five hundred dollars. Pretty pricey, you know, for 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 it, and you know, it's supposed to be the higher tier, so of course it'd be a little bit more. But you know, um, it the cool thing is is that Microsoft is giving two options in the upgrade to the next gen. So not only if you wanted to go high and mighty with the X, you can um, still get all the greatness in the Series S here. Well, don't also also don't forget that Microsoft is going to do a pay installment plan yes, if you sir. Want to upgrade up for this, so you can sit there and have this on installments to make it a little more affordable, ish. It's, it's like all this tech is really great and really expensive, so we're all just going to make payments on it. Oh yeah, it does look like a refrigerator, me that Series X does, but hey, um, with Game Pass, backwards compatibility, and just, just, just X Cloud um, launching. X Cloud launching. It's just, it just, it's given a prime example of maybe I'm gonna stick with Xbox. I'm probably gonna get it anyway. But, um, yep, and just the price value of it is is pretty mind-boggling for new systems because. A lot of times new systems are riding up in that five six hundred range most of the time, but at least there's a cheaper option. Well, speaking of that, well, there was recently, and this is not on the notes, so this is completely off the cuff. Is they announced that The Witcher Three? Oh, oh my goodness! When I read that news, you keep going. I I'm gonna, I'm gonna just be happy over here. If you purchased a copy of The Witcher Three: A Wild Hunt, and you've got the game of the year or whatever. They are going to re-release that game for the next-gen consoles. Yes, sir. As a bonus. This is the great kicker, people. Listen to this. If you already own the game, you will get the upgraded version for free. F-R-E-E. -E. Free. Which I happen to have the I happen to have the full version. I even have a disc version before I got the full version on a holiday sale. But if you are a fan of The Witcher... Uh, three wild hunt. This be this would be kind of cool because they've they re-rendered and upscaled everything to work on the new the new tech for the console. So I already thought the the game was beautiful the first go around, but I think this is also a testament to CD Projekt Red and how much this franchise is so beloved. Is they're not trying to money grab. They are just going to here you go. Yeah, it's a it, yeah, it's a testament to be like to everybody knows Witcher Three is my favorite game, oh, I'm, and I'm I I love that game. So I I I don't usually go back and play big long games, but just the fact that I could get it free on the next gen, I might have to pick it up. I might actually actually start working on it because I think I barely got out of the tutorial area. So I feel you on the started never finished. Oh yeah, I I I have a few games like that, but The Witcher Three was one I did finish. So. That would be a total time suck. I would. That would be. That would be fun. Anyways. Speaking of time suck, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is about to come out. Yeah. But our next story, our next story, I don't have a picture for because I couldn't find a good one. Uh... But it talks about all of us who, and I know there are several teachers in the chat 
And I know there are several students in the chat. Yes, sir. And this next story is about a teacher. Got to give love to the teachers. especially. And this is a teacher who took the pandemic as an opportunity to sit there. And she got permission from her principal, racked up some 3,000 frequent flyer miles, and traveled the country filming little snippets of historical sites to use in teaching her class. Uh, this is an AP teacher out of uh, Texas, uh, Westlake High School in Texas. She teaches AP history and AP European history. And she pretty much traveled all over filming segments for subject matter for the teaching at these like locations. She turned it, it turned history into a road trip. And I think it's bloody brilliant. Um, Brian, what do you want to add to that? Um, this is just a just a great testament of using uh, using the situation that is at hand with the the you know with how COVID has changed how we have to teach right now, taking the negative and making it into a huge positive. Not only is she teaching history, but she's actually teaching history from the actual monuments and actual yes. places. And she calls this trip the Great American History Road Trip. Um, and since August 21st, quote, the 27-year teaching veteran has been visit visiting notable landmarks, greeting her students over video chat from a new location each day, end quote. And she's visited um, so many places that you would recognize from monuments in Washington, D.C., to our local places like Jamestown and Williamsburg, and also where uh, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron met for their famous fatal duel in 1880, 1804. So wild and amazing. I, I, I think it's brilliant. I think this is the type of thing technology is a lot, it should allow us to do to be able to do things like that. Oh, yeah. And this is, yeah, this is, this is a prime example of using technology to to its 10th degree yeah and there's another there's another great example chili uh he's coming in there because i don't have the chat on the stream right now but a uh, colleague was a world geography teacher did that each week watched films and pictures from all over the world depending on the week depending on what region they were in i that's the kind of thing that's brilliant i i love that kind of out of the box thinking and it really gives you kind of a real world dynamic the only other thing that could do better is, or I don't know if we could really do better, but the fact that, you know, doing like the VR stuff and all that filming and like when they have the stuff on where you could do the 360 view of a, of a location or like, I remember back when Google earth first dropped and it was like, people would use Google SketchUp to build these historic landmarks and buildings and drop them into Google earth. So you could actually see it in a full 3d just like on the map as but again that's dating myself because you know i'm old now yeah. yeah this story actually brought back um something that i did earlier in my bachelor's program which you were part of one of the trips is where i took the idea of visiting art museums and actually decided to travel outside of the mm -hmm. area to art museums yeah we had a great time going to carolina I've got a lot of great pictures of skittles oh yeah um it it was like it was part you know, art museum, more fun at the children's museum. Yes. And, you know, speaking of something like that, let's talk about something that is actually really kind of cool and really kind of sciencey. Ooh, what do we got sciencey? 
Well, we got sciency. How about an uh, how about an animal believed to be extinct resurfacing? Well, who's resurfaced? Um, this is a considered a singing dog, right? This is uh, normally found out in the Philippines or whatever. Believed to have gone extinct fifty years ago, was recently rediscovered. Oh, really? Yes, this is very cool. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these dogs, uh, rare singing dog found in the wild, uh, the New Guinea singing dog, extremely rare breed, best known for its unique barks and howls. It actually sounds like it's singing instead of like a dog. <laughs> it's really kind of cool. I've, I've, I've heard it a few times in a couple of things. I've heard about them. There were over 200 captive singing dogs at various conservation centers and zoos that were picked up in the 1970s before they believed this thing went extinct. And here it was, uh, they found that the, dog, the dogs were rediscovered in 2016 near the uh, Grassberg Gold and Copper Mine in Papa, Indonesia. Um, they were pretty much there. So this is really kind of awesome and cool and sciencey. It is, uh, it is, it is a treat when you go and you think you there's a breed that is extinct, but with investigation and discovery, you come to find, um, rediscover what, um, what was lost is now found. And the article on CNN in the in the world section, um, it goes into detail about how they managed to find them, how they matched them up, and how they're making sure to keep keep the population intact. Uh, so it's it's not a it's not a complete uh hundred percent with the genome, but they said it's close to seventy percent close to the original genome of the dogs that were originally extinct. which is still I think that is good because it shows a lot of things where it's like they're if you leave well enough alone after a while and sometimes what you think is extinct is not actually extinct, it's just you know really hard to find now obviously certain creatures like megalodons and dinosaurs are gone. Sorry, but except they, for birds. Yeah, if they come back, Jason, see them. We can send them out there to fight for our cause. Yes. See, uh, Sheriff Brody, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff Broider. But, um, but this is, but this discovery is cool because it not only it, it's going to help preserve a breed, but it's going to help scientists understand one of the things that they hope to is quote in, in this article. Uh, deepen our understanding of dogs before they were domesticated. End quote. So yeah. that's a one cool thing because it's it's an it's interesting to see how you have you know animals in the wild, but you also have a lot of animals domesticated, and how mm -hmm. that translated over time. So that's and yeah, a cool and thing. and the obsession with trying to keep certain breeds pure is actually hurting the breeds. Yeah. Or you know some of the talk like with the with the Arctic region and. The habitat for polar bears is dwindling, yet they're finding that polar bears and brown bears are uh, breeding together. And now we have a kind of a new species of bear that's in development. So, what is that? What's what, what's that line from from the, from that movie? Life will find a way. So life always finds a way, and then we're doomed. Let me at least get my ghost of Shima done before you doom us. That's fair. Yes, that is fair. Oh yeah, I like it. And with that, we will wish you a happy week, a happy weekend. Good luck on the first week of school for all you in school. Rye, I know you're going to need it with all that reading. 
Yes, I'm, 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 I'm swimming with the words right now. Uh, all of our friends who are teachers, good luck, God bless, and we will see you on our next stream. Peace.